All right. There we go. Welcome to Coffee with Marcus and Mark, the number one stock market show on Spotify and one of the most popular market updates on YouTube. Today is Friday, June 16th. Stocks on pace for their best week since March. The NASDAQ on an eight-week win streak, the best since 2019. Traders loving the Fed pause in spite of two more hikes possibly. Today is quadruple witching. What does this mean? And does it even matter? Risk on, EV stocks soar. Plus, we'll take a look at the markets that we're trading actively right now or the positions that we're in and what we're looking for, what we're waiting for. As you can see, there's a lot to talk about, so let's go ahead and get started. If this is your first time here, my name is Mark Hodge, and I'm head coach at Rockwell Trading. I'm running the show by myself for a while, but on most days, I'm joined by uh, Rockwell Trading's founder, Marcus Heitkoter. I mentioned this week that he is on the road with a big trip with his daughter, and he's going to try and join us when he's available to do so. But even though I'm running the show solo for a couple of weeks, I promise you're in good hands. You can say we have a ton of experience here at Rockwell Trading. We know our stuff and we're not afraid to tell it like it is. So if you're looking for some honest insight into the world of trading, you are in the right place. Now, before we dive in and show you our trades and how we're tackling these crazy markets, let's take a look at what's moving the markets today. Let me go ahead and share my chart. Here we have the S&P 500 up and still positive uh, for the day, but what a week, what a week. Let's go ahead and go to a weekly chart. Look at this bar here, up 3% for the week. As mentioned, it's the best week since March for the S&P 500. We'll see if this uh, continues uh, to, to stay positive for the day, barely clinging on uh, just a you know, two weeks ago, we were talking about whether or not 4,200 would hold. We quickly approached 4,300. 4,300, all of a sudden we're looking at 4,400. Now we're looking at 4,500, right? So uh, we'll always stay above the 4,400 mark right now. S&P just tearing higher. Uh, a real nice week for the S&P. Uh, just, gosh, kind of catching me by surprise. I think a lot of investors as well, uh, but we'll talk about uh, what took place Wednesday and why that might be the case. Nonetheless, markets are higher and investors are loving this move. Now, if we look at the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ right now is slightly negative for the day, but another impressive week for the NASDAQ. Look at this. We have, I think it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This will be the eighth winning week in a row for the NASDAQ. As mentioned earlier, this would be the first eight-week win streak since 2019 when there was actually a 10-week win streak uh, that took place. Right now, NASDAQ slightly down for the day, just barely a tenth of a percent, but nice, nice week. And uh, this puts us back at levels we haven't seen since April of 2022. So the NASDAQ soaring higher. We could also take a look at the Dow. The Dow, nice week, up 1.6%, lagging behind the S&P and NASDAQ. No real surprise there, but we do see that the Dow is finally getting back to levels that we had in November. So a little bit of a laggard with the focus so much on tech stocks, uh, but we see here that it's still a, a pretty nice move for the Dow. So up, up, and away for the markets. Let's go to PowerX Optimizer, and let's actually just look at a heat map, see what's going on today. 
and we see that it's a little bit mixed. So compared to what we've had for the last couple of days, uh, just a little bit mixed. Uh, Google down a little bit, Microsoft down a little bit, Apple slightly lower, Amazon down a little bit. So some of these that have just been big runners, maybe a little profit taking going into the three day weekend. Uh, and we also have some of the other smaller names uh, positive for the week. So a little bit of a transition. We've talked about the Magnificent Seven or uh, tech really making up a large part of this year's rally. And it looks like now some of these other names are starting to catch up. Well, Maybe there's a little bit of profit taking, except for NVIDIA. Uh, now let's uh, take a look at the VIX too. The fear index, we see that the VIX is down 2%, 1416. Now yesterday we closed at, uh, what was it, 1384, back below 14. As far as extremes go, we are at the low end for sure, well below uh, typical averages. Uh, for the VIX, whether you're looking at a three-year, five-year, or even a 10-year. And we're trading now where the VIX is at levels that we haven't seen since 2020 at the very beginning of 2020. So fear has left the building, but when we get these these big uh, you know, moves lower and just complacency, many times you see a spike on the way. When you have a spike, that's because of volatility, which is almost always because of a sell-off. So we'll see if a sell-off is in the cards or in store for us uh, in the next uh, trading week, but definitely doesn't look like it's going to be the case for today. And markets are slightly higher. You could even say slightly mixed, but a uh, very impressive week. And right now it looks like we're just kind of pausing. So why the move higher? I didn't get a chance to do a video yesterday. I'll talk about why in a little bit. But it's really all because of the Fed. The Fed gave traders what they wanted. And this was a pause in rates uh, and, and rate hikes, that is. So after 10 consecutive hikes, the Fed paused. And it seems like that's all traders cared about. So traders shrugging off the highest interest rates that we've seen since 20, uh, 2007, the fastest rate increase in 40 years. And and word that the Fed is considering two more hikes. When I was listening to the statement and also the press conference, I thought the traders would key in on that more. The two extra hikes based on where we're at inflation wise seemed to be a little bit of a shock to me. Also, investors initially, this was what took place on Fed Day on Wednesday. So you see that the initial reaction, a big, quick drop. Um, but no follow through here and a bounce after the press conference kind of drifting back right up to where uh, the market was trading before the Fed statement and press conference. So I thought that those two additional hikes that the Fed uh, was, uh, you know, hinting at or discussing or projecting that would really scare the market a little bit. We get some profit taking a little bit of a sell off, uh, you know, some worries going into the three day weekend. Not the case. Got right back up to where we started before the Fed move. And then yesterday it was up, up and away. Uh, today, a pretty strong day as well. If we look at the CME FedWatch tool, let's go. Uh, we could see the next Fed meeting and two-day uh, policy meeting ends uh, within 40 days, two hours, 52 minutes, and four seconds. And we see here that right now, the probability of a quarter point hike is 74%. So traders are definitely pricing in 
uh, rate hike. And that's basically what the Fed has thrown out as a strong, strong possibility. So no real surprise there. If we do look at the probabilities, we see that the probabilities show that hike in July and then staying put for the rest of the year. So we've gone from a situation where traders were pricing in one more hike and then actually seeing a decrease in November or December right now, staying solid, uh, consistent at the end of the year. I mean, this is all very early here. We know that the Fed is basing their decisions on data and there is a lot of data to come. Uh, and who knows if CPI and inflation and core PCE is going to look better or worse. That's where data will come into play. If I were a betting man, I still believe that what I, I suggested over the last month or so will remain true. And that is that the Fed will keep rates the same and that they will keep them elevated longer than traders expect. Now, this could totally be thrown out the window with data. Right now, it's a little premature and obviously looking at probabilities. I'm in the minority, not the majority here. Uh, Marcus, I, I talked to him on the road. He believes that the, the Fed is likely to raise one more time and then call it quits. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I, I just have a feeling that when like the housing data starts to catch up and some of these the, the other data, because everything's a little bit you know slow and, and uh, delayed, I, I think that when we get a better picture, it's going to show that inflation is a little more under control and uh, it raising rates might not be necessary. So that that's what I think, but it's easier to keep them elevated than to drop and then have to raise again, right? So in no way uh, does the Fed want to do that. That's why I think they're going to keep them elevated for a while until you really see things come down. Because we've gone from 8% to 4% inflation in a pretty quick time. I think it's going to be hard to get that 4 to 2%. That's why the Fed will keep rates the same for a while. Now, we did have uh, Fed Reserve Governor Christopher Waller speaking this morning, and he said that the Fed is committed and will not back down from its efforts to bring down inflation. Interesting comments on banks. He addressed the March banking crisis by saying, it is the job of bank leaders to deal with interest rate risk, and nearly all bank leaders have done exactly that. I do not support altering the stance of monetary policy over worries of ineffectual management at a few banks. So uh, Waller blaming the bank issues on leaders of banks and not Fed policy and rate increases. Um, interesting to see those words. But overall, he believes that the economy is strong and the Fed needs to stay committed to their fight towards inflation, which we expect from the Fed. So uh, going back here, I want to move over and uh, let's talk a little bit about quadruple witching. So quadruple witching might sound like a bad day to be a woman in colonial America, but it's actually an event that takes place quarterly when you have four types of futures and options expiring on the same day. So this is a, a term that you hear tossed around a lot and the Talking heads will say, oh, it's quadruple witching or this week, be careful, be aware of quadruple witching. Honestly, in the past, there, there could be a little more volatility on quadruple witching. Uh, recently, not so much the case. As a trader, I really don't see uh, any significance to quadruple witching. 
and that increase in volatility right now we see with the VIX, the, the proof is in the pudding, no increase in volatility today, and it is quadruple witching. Now, there is an increase in volume. So volume definitely picks up. This is because when you're maintaining positions, so if you're a stock trader and you haven't traded futures or options, futures and options have expirations. They have a shelf life. And with that expiration, when it comes to expiration, if you want to maintain that position, you need to roll. So if you're long a contract, you need to, to sell that contract and buy a contract with a future expiration. If you're short a contract, you need to buy back that contract and sell a future expiration. So this leads to more volume. You also have uh, some increase in volatility or not volatility, but volume because of rebalancing uh, and uh, portfolio rebalancing in the indices. Anyway, long story short, I'm not too worried about quadruple witching myself, um, but it is something to note and it does take place quarterly, March, June, September, and December, third Friday of the month, which is the case for today. Now, something that's a little interesting to note, according to the Stock Traders Almanac, expiration week often tends to be higher during bull markets and lower in bear markets. And right now, technically speaking, coming off uh, with a 20% rally off of the lowest lows here in March, the S&P is in a bull market. And that's what we're seeing this week, positive week. So Stock Traders Almanac proven to be true again. And we're looking at a nice week here. Now, a few market movers. Let's take a look at NVIDIA. I just have to bring this up because NVIDIA is just continuing to uh, impress uh, 2% gain today, trading at 435. Uh, NVIDIA for the year, look at this, year to date, 193%. Now, up 12% for the week, but this isn't necessarily the case for all chip stocks. Uh, it looks like chips aren't really playing along so much. Actually, let's look at AMD first. Uh, I think it's because you have this huge run up and now some. Other names are, are getting a little more interest playing catch up here. But we look at AMD, AMD down 1.8% today. So AMD not participating in the same rally that an NVIDIA experience. MU, Micron. Now, same uh, situation as AMD down uh, for the day, but a little bit of a different story here. So MU was higher this morning pre-market after a Bloomberg report said that the company is close to finalizing a $1 billion deal to build a new factory in India. However, the stock reversed course during the day after the company said that half of their revenue from China could be at risk because of a ban on sales. I believe I saw that originally that was you know a single digit uh, situation or, or decrease and it could be low double digits now for the company. So not a huge, huge, huge hit for MU, but definitely something that's impacting the stock down 1.7% right now as we're looking at the chart. It's definitely a risk on environment after the Fed. EVs making huge moves. Let's look at let's look at NEO. So, oh, Neo pulling back a little bit today, but Neo up 8% yesterday. So, electric vehicles uh, taking a bit of a, a hit going back to last year and 
everybody was EV excited, hopping on the EV train in, in 2021 and, and just getting hammered. Um, uh, I saw that this was higher today and now it's down almost 4%. So taking a little bit of a, a slide. Uh, we could look at Workhorse. Workhorse coming uh, just Nice, nice move higher up uh, almost 10% yesterday. And uh, the infamous ride, <laughs> Lordstown Motors. Look at this. Yesterday up 33%, uh, today up uh, 25, 26%. It looked like it was up almost 50% at one point, got up to $6.76. Now, this did have a reverse split. Uh, for the record, I do still have a small position in ride. Uh, I managed an, an exit uh, in 2021 uh, to close a significant uh, part of the, the the trade that I had on, but I do still have some exposure to ride. I'm just hanging on to this at this point. It, it doesn't. It's inconsequential to my portfolio. So um, if it you know goes bully up, it's not going to have a huge impact. If uh, it just out of the blue short squeeze takes off, people get excited. They they uh, do something big with Foxconn. Who knows? Uh, anyway, up 26%. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, not everybody loving this. So let's look at SoFi. Uh, SoFi Technologies down almost 11% today. So they were downgraded by both Bank of America and Piper Sandler to neutral from buy. Uh, both firms were saying this was due to the stock's high valuation. Piper Sandler called the, the, the firm a long-term winner in quotes. Um, Oppenheimer also downgraded the stock actually yesterday, um, because of the big move that was seen, uh, here. So anyway, uh, so far down, but overall, uh, traders really liking stocks this week and we're going to be finishing the week strong. Now I'm still in AMD and I or not AMD, I'm sorry, um, PNC, PNC. So PNC, my cost basis is 136. Right now, a little bit of a pause in this move. If uh, we look at the chart here, my break even on this one is 134.55. That's this red line. And my cost basis is 136. So I, I really love this move that took place over the last couple of weeks. Pausing a little bit here really trying to get through the 130 mark. Looks like that's some short-term resistance. Uh, haven't sold calls on this one, but looking to see a break through there. I, 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 I believe that we could get a break in the next week or two, sell calls and start collecting premium on this one again. So looking to deploy some, some of my uh, buying power that I have available now with some positions that I've closed I was keeping an eye on Oxy. Uh, Marcus and I were talking about this on Wednesday after the Fed. Uh, at one point, the 57 quickly popped up, or maybe it was the 57.50. Either way, we both expected uh, more of a negative reaction when uh, Jerome Powell was going to be speaking in the press conference. That just wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. So uh, 58 has been the, the strike that uh, has popped up over the last couple of days. I'd rather sell uh, 57 or lower. I've mentioned uh, 55 to 57 is kind of the, the range that I'm looking at. Uh, right now, 58 doesn't interest me, but something that I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, and I'm definitely looking to add a little more, uh, some more positions to my portfolio 
And I would love, love, love to see a pullback and some uh, put selling opportunities next week. It is a three-day weekend, so Juneteenth, uh, Monday markets are closed. But I would love to get a little bit of a pullback. We, we just can't go straight up and go higher and higher and higher without a pullback. And many times when we do get this type of movement, this parabolic move, you get a bigger pullback that takes place that, that scares the market. I, I think a, a healthy pullback back towards you know, 4,300, 4,350, just somewhere in this range is what the market needs at this point. doesn't look like it's coming today, maybe next week or the following. Uh, and also energy, crude oil, uh, just uh, really bouncing back after the dip on Monday. I believe that we could uh, get some more energy stocks popping up on the scanner if uh, crude oil drops again back towards this support level. So those are things that I'm keeping an eye on for next week. Today, Hey, uh, looks like it's a, a nice day to start the weekend a little bit early and uh, take advantage of other things that you enjoy other than trading. Now, I do apologize just to wrap it up. I apologize for uh, missing yesterday's stock market update. I actually ran into some computer drama and I, I've talked about this with the mastermind group. Master, uh, Marcus is always giving me a hard time, but I've had this Dell gaming computer. Uh, it's a, a laptop that I've used for years. And it started to, to have some issues last year. And I actually, in July of last year, I bought a nice MacBook Pro that was really like their, their top of the line model at that time. I haven't touched it. <laughs> it's been a freaking year and I have not touched that computer. Um, and then yesterday, I didn't get the blue screen of death, but I went to fire it up and it just went spinning circle, spinning circle, spinning circle, nothing happening. I was tr I was trying to bring up a, an old laptop that I had as a backup that I hadn't used that for a while. And then uh, that was giving me issues. And I was trying to fire up the MacBook Pro and then I couldn't connect it to my monitors. And I, I just, I, I, I needed to cancel coffee with Marcus and Mark. So I do apologize. I am committed to getting that Mac up to speed and running so I could start using uh, the Mac. I've been a little reluctant and hesitant just because over the years I have iPads, I have uh, iPhones, but I've always used a PC because I'm a little bit old school. And for a long time, trading software was really just programmed for PCs. I know that now everything's on the cloud and online and, and you could even have a, a virtual server or uh, the, you know, like, uh, what is it, Parallels or, or Bootcamp, and you could run uh, a virtual um, operating system on, on Mac. So I, I just need to do it. I just need to do it. But I'm curious, what do you use for your trading computer? Share it in the comments if you have any suggestions or, or something that just works great for you. And also let me know if you support the decision for me to finally switch to the MacBook or if you think I should stick to Dell. I looked at Dell stock and Apple stock yesterday, and they didn't seem to be, uh, care about the drama. Uh, they were both up uh, yesterday. Uh, not that they should. Like Honey Badgers, they just didn't care. So anyway, if you like this video, please give it a thumbs up. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe. Uh, no video on Monday. We'll see you back here on Tuesday. And until then, have a great weekend, and happy trading, everybody.